Love is like an hourglass with the heart filling up as the brain empties, uh, said Jules Renard. Elizabeth Evans said, I love you more than coffee, but please don't make me prove it. So what are we doing? We are here dancing swiftly into February with another shiny new episode celebrating stories about what else but love and romance with a certain Mr. Valentine scheduled to make his annual mark on this planet very soon. Let us look at the concept of love in all its forms through the lens of stories, some factual, some fiction, some romantic, some sentimental, and some downright foolish or bizarre. I'm your host, Ratin Basu, as always. And with me, also as always, is our modern-day love guru, Joy Bhattacharya. And yes, welcome to a world of love in our podcast, Fact of the Matter. Joy, I called you a love guru and over the last, I think, 20-odd episodes, I've given you so many monikers or epithets, but this one, did you expect this? And what's your initial reaction, Joy, to this, being called a love guru? Just come out with it. My only reaction is that it only proves the point that, you know, people who talk don't do. All these gurus talk a lot about it. I'm obviously, I'm very good at talking about love, but I can't do anything about it myself. So I'm just Typically, as they say, na, if you can do, if you can't teach. I'm a love guru. I only teach. I can't do. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, without going into too much details or wasting any more time, let's jump straight into our first section, which is main course, where, of course, we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about stories, things linked to love. And we'll start off with you, Joy, given that you are the love guru. What do you have for us in this episode? around love. I want to tell, talk to you about uh, the wife of a property developer called Rod Weston, you know. Okay. And she's living this lovely, comfortable life with this property developer and, uh, you know, she's in her 70s and, you know, you think that, you know, she's written a book called Wonderful Today and you think that why would she choose a title like that? And then it turns out that her name is Patty Boyd and Patty uh-huh. Boyd in the 70s, 60s and 70s was the subject of perhaps some of the finest songs ever written. One person inspiring two people to write amazing songs. So there's George Harrison, who was her husband, wrote, I need you, if I needed someone, something, all these songs for her. And then his best friend falls in love with her. Of course, Eric Clapton falls in love with her, writes Lila for her, writes Wonderful Tonight for her. Okay. And they have this crazy relationship because, you know, Eric Clapton meets her and then tells Harrison, I'm in love with your wife. And they have this crazy relationship where all three are involved. And one day, a very, very drunk Eric Clapton lands up. And at that time, she was still married to George Harrison at his house with, and says that, you know, we've got to sort it out today. So Harrison has two guitars and two amplifiers. And he gives one guitar and an amplifier to Clapton. And then he has one guitar and amplifier. And they have a musical duel. Can you believe it? They had a musical duel. And it's amazing. For two hours, they sort of played and, you know, who's the better player? And it turns out that Eric Clapton, you know, every Patty Boyd, and I think one more person, Ray Coleman was there. He sat there, they talked about it, and they said, no, I think Clapton is better. And they both agreed Clapton was better. (laughs) And then, of course, she went went with Clapton for so many years. She married him. And then, you know, his, you know, their relationship broke apart. Now she's very happily married to a property developer. But can you imagine one woman inspiring two of the greatest musicians, rock musicians in history? I think it's absolutely believable. I have a feeling uh, you have inspired many songs from that. And we can can focus on that (laughs) in another episode totally. But uh, there must be many Bollywood songs uh, similarly inspired by, on a, on a slightly more serious note, on film stars from the world of Bollywood and Hollywood for that matter. I won't be, but this is exceptional. But 
Let me tell you, Joy, what I will start with. I will go straight into the past and into the area of love songs. And what I found out, very interestingly, is that um, I found an article by a guy called Ian Temple, where he says that, you know, as summer is a time for love, with that comes a whole new chance to, you know, woo the girl or guy of your dreams. A love song appears and it's a, it's a wonderful time-honored tradition. It's a, you know, love songs have been the most popular type of songs in the Western world for the past thousand years. And, and he quotes The Economist saying that 40% of pop song lyrics, Joy, are specifically about romance, sexual relationships and sexual behavior. Now, what you may not know is that Charles Darwin was the first scientist who put forth the argument that you know, the capacity of music evolved in humans precisely for the purpose of writing love songs. Did you know that, Joy? No, Did that you? sounds absolutely amazing. I am just so amazed by that. I mean, that is totally crazy. But, uh, but no, hang yeah. on, hang on. So he said, like, you know, in observing the songs of various songbirds, he said that we are doing the same thing, basically showing off through love songs to get a mate. But for many years, this theory was not taken seriously because, you know, monkeys don't sing much. They prefer howling which is apparently very unromantic, it is. And secondly, many early musical traditions were group-based rather than couple-based, you know, think circles or chanting, etc. But I'm going to talk today about the earliest known writer of a love song, a high priestess in ancient Mesopotamia back in 2250 or 2250 BC named En And she wrote sexually charged love songs aimed at her Sumerian gods. And I will give you a few lines, Joy. I will lay out mighty love clothes. I know how exactly. I will look so fine. I will make you feel like a king. Now, sounds very rap music-ish, if you ask me. And Heduana <laughs> might have been, you know, good writer, but I, she might have been influenced by Run DMC or, you know, some of our big rap heroes, Eminem maybe. However... A couple of thousand years later, the first pop superstar arrived. And who this pop superstar was? Sappho of ancient Greece, who lived in the Isle of Lesbos and gave a certain reputation. And Sappho, as per this article, this article claims that she was basically the first singer-songwriter performing her poems while accompanying herself on version of an early guitar called the sitara. And she wrote to the lucky lady or her lady love, Gongila and said, come back to me, Gongila, here tonight. You, my rose with your Lydian lyre, there hovers forever around your delight, a beauty desire. Even your garment plunders my eyes, I am enchanted. I, who once complained to the, the Cypress-born goddess, etc., etc. But Sappho, singer-songwriter, first pop superstar, you know, I thought this was amazing. What do you say? Yeah, I think Sappho, I mean, obviously the word lesbian comes from the island of lesbian, Lesbos, where Lesbos. she was from. Yep. And her poetry was absolutely, absolutely <clears throat> amazing. In fact, I was in those days, I mean, also, you know, we talk about, you know, today you're having, you know, issues about LGBTs being accepted and there's so much conservatism. But mm. in those days, these things were looked on far, far easier. You know, they were in Spartan armies, they were actually banned called the Sacred Band of Thieves. Okay. And these were select soldiers who were 150 pairs of male lovers. Okay? Right. Which was the elite. It's not the Spartan army, the Theban army. Right. Which they fought against the Spartan apologies. And the whole idea was that because they went into battle with their mate, right, know, right. Fight till the last drop of blood. So that was a sacred band of thieves was very, very famous in ancient history. 
and they were an elite force and so i think as i said love has many expressions going to war together is probably a great expression of love tell me something given that you know you write so much about anecdotes and stories from army incidents etc especially in india given your father's background as well with during his service with the army it reminds me a bit of the buddy system you keep referring to sometimes in the army which is may not be love but it's you know the the reason why two people are paired as buddies and then they try and look after each other and make sure that you know they cover each other you think there could be a linkage which comes from these ancient times no definitely and in fact the buddy system has been there for thousands of years because even the ancient archers even at places like cressy you know when the english archers were so successful yeah they did the same they would, i mean they would one would fire the other would reload the other would fire the other would reload then the snipers you know later mm. you know you got the riflemen which used to take a long time to load a rifle in those days right. so one guy would fire the other guy would watch reload and he would cover the other person so the buddy system yeah i mean it, it's probably not love but yeah it is definitely a very very close companionship I, i think we shall leave that for that right now we shall leave that for that but i want to leave you with one request that if you want to write a love song in the classical or ancient style i think you should a get your poetry right you should also use a lyre or a sitara and you know if you can sing the song in latin ancient greek or even better in sumerian joy I think you will be becoming or well on your way to yeah, becoming I mean, the next yeah. pop superstar. What do you say to that? I don't mind that because you know pop superstars have taken a long time. In fact, you know what I was thinking about was you know take Saint Valentine. You know we okay. talk so much about Saint Valentine and Valentine's Day and what actually happened to him. For whatever it's worth, he was actually martyred. He was actually butchered by the Romans. Okay, and. Uh, it's really not understood why his name suddenly became so close associated with romance okay but valentines day cards have been allowed for the longest time and they actually start in the greeting card industry not birthday cards not christmas cards but valentines day cards and they were hugely popular in britain in the 19th century but they go back almost 3 400 years in fact the oldest existing valentine is there in the british museum it was written from the tower of london because charles the duke of orleans was imprisoned there Right. And of course if after being imprisoned you can't be a very good valentine so his message was <laughs> I'm already sick of love my very gentle valentine. <laughs> so I just want to talk about one other valentine which started in the 1830s and 40s when this valentine craze started it was known as a vinegar valentine. So a vinegar valentine was an insulting valentine card which could be sent anonymously to someone you don't like. And the kind of messages are that you know you're a drunk or you're a philanderer or you know you're a suffragette because suffragette in those days was a bad word for conservative you know males so vinegar valentines were also there and uh, yeah that's probably the first form of organized trolling that you had before the internet came along so this is very interesting because while valentines day has become so popular and therefore has spawned you know by itself a veritable industry of greetings cards and and now more and more stuff I came across a concept and this is a recommendation which came from Professor Sajni Mukherjee the concept of courtly love joy courtly love which was a medieval european literary conception of love that emphasized nobility and chivalry and you know if you look at medieval literature and if you can read about this in wikipedia you'll find enough examples of knights you know setting out on adventures and performing various deeds or services for ladies because of their courtly love now this kind of love apparently is a literary fiction created for the entertainment of the nobility but as times changed or times passed 
they started attracting a, a slightly different, a larger audience. And then there was a set of novel practices. The reason I talk about courtly love is later on in this episode, there's a link courtly love in what I talk about. But Joy, as I was saying, I wanted to end main course today with, with something which I found was very interesting that, you know, at long last in 1964, Namrita Pritam with her long-standing partner at that time, the artist and poet Imrose visited Sahil Luthianvi and seeing Amrita Pritam with another man, apparently Luthianvi wrote these lines, which is like, Mehfil se uth jane walo, tum logo par kya ilzam, tum abad gharo ke wasi, main awara aur badnam. So, People who leave a happy gathering, what blame can I place on you? You come from prosperous homes and I'm infamous and delusional. Thus, I want to end my story about Sahir and Amrita. Guys who want to, or people who want to read more about it, would definitely recommend the autobiographies as well as Akshay Manwani's book, Sahir, A People's Poet, where I think uh, you can you can get more about this. But Joy, are there other stories like this as well? I'm sure, I'm sure there are, right? I, 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 you were, you're ending on a tragic note and, you know, it just makes my heart break. So I'm going to bring you a nice emotional love story, you know? Okay. You, you know, you'll come and give me examples of the Taj Mahal being built and all that. But even the Taj Mahal is sad. It's a tomb. At the end of the day, the Taj Mahal is not, I mean, Mumtaz Mahal never saw the Taj Mahal. It's a right. tomb. But I think the most emotional gesture that I've seen recently is in 2002, when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were the most hot couple you know, right. in Hollywood and they went around and they were the people together. Yes. And you know what Ben bought her in 2002? What? He bought her a $105,000 toilet seat which was studded with gems. Now, I'm not sure whether I want my toilet seat studded with gems but you know and she loved it. She said, I never thought I'd say this about a toilet seat. But it's beautiful, almost like a work of art. So now, that, I want to leave you that note because I've, I've just had it with sad love stories. No, so... Hey, you can have a $100,000 toilet seat. So this is, this is the perfect way to end main course and the perfect way to move into our next section which is called Believe It or Not. And Joy, since your story sounded almost too good to be true and I'm sure it's true, I will give you a story from of Believe It or Not, where as regular listeners know, we talk about crazy stories, crazy news, etc. So my first story in Believe It or Not, Joy, is about a lady, a Swiss lady called Corinne Hoffman, a businesswoman. She owned a clothing store in Switzerland. On a trip to Kenya with her boyfriend Marco in a ferry in Mombasa, she spotted a tall Maasai warrior wearing only a short red loincloth. Very cliched, but with his fiery muscular build and oozing masculinity, she found him irresistible. His name was Kitinga Lepar Moriho, and she decided that this tall stranger was the one for her. What did she do? She told Marco, thank you so much, go away. Went back to Switzerland, sold everything she had, and in 1987 came back to Kenya, determined to find her one true love, Kitinga, and marry him. She courted him, they got married, they had a daughter, but Joy, not so surprisingly, life apparently was very hard in the Maasai village because she had to adapt and learn to live as a Samburu woman, fetching food and water all by her own. And along with all these chores, she also suffered from health issues. They had marital problems because apparently the Maasai warrior husband was very jealous and paranoid. And uh, she returned to Switzerland in 1990, finally, with her daughter for good. But she wrote a book on this called uh, The Weisser Maasai, which means the white Maasai, which apparently sold millions. It was a bestseller and even made into a movie. 
what do you think of this love story joy i i i like these kind of love stories you know and one of the love stories that i want to talk about is that of george and joy adamson do you remember okay. this this yes. really famous film called born free born free correct and born free was something that you know everyone remembers about this great story about elsa the lioness and joy adamson and how they raised and then there was another book called living free which was about elsa as a mother to her clubs and then forever free when they released but the great story about it is that george and joy adamson they were married and they were very close to each other and obviously they really really you know can you imagine working them again like the maasai in the middle of africa the two of them you know conservative nationalism together raising lions and you know they finally had to divorce but you know why they had to divorce that's i why? think the best reason for divorce ever okay. because george adamson wanted to focus his life and continue to focus his life with elsa and lions and lionesses okay but joy adamson wanted to work with cheetahs so she reluctantly said that you know you love lions i love cheetahs cheetahs get together and they unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable that's a different form of cheetahs that have broken up marriages right yes <laughs> first one ever yes a different form of cheetah yes but okay so let me throw you my story this is about a former bassist of the rolling stones bill wyman now bill was 47 years old when he first saw mandy smith at london's uh, lyceum ballroom he found her very alluring joy but you know what the problem was she was only 13 at that time so bill ended up describing the relationship as it was from the heart pure as anything however the relationship became public when mandy turned 16 caused a lot of controversy they married when mandy was 18 and bill wyman was 52 and then you know the marriage lasted for 3 years before they finally got a divorce in 1991 now you might think what is so strange about it you know rock stars and you know rock musicians do have bizarre lifestyles and their love stories are bizarre so it's okay been there done that but what is bizarre is that after this entire incident bill wyman's eldest son steven wyman from his first wife Diane Corey he came and told his dad dad i'm planning to marry as well i found this elderly woman whom i'm deeply in love with who's this woman patsy smith mandy smith's mother <laughs> that would make patsy both a daughter-in-law and ex-mother-in-law for wyman and mandy his step granddaughter so i thought this was incredible i don't know whether it finally ended up whether they got married or not but this complicated romantic relationship with very strong socio demographic changes i think would be but i want to tell you something there, tell me there is a story about this i just want to bring it in in 1994 and i remember seeing this in the time when they used to have these terrible video cassettes which with scratchy prints yes there is a film exactly about this it's called ek nayi paheli okay it starred rajkumar hema malini kamal hassan and padmini kolapuri okay and it's exactly the same where basically the mother falls in love with the son of the ex husband and the other way around the daughter falls in love with the maybe father. maybe joy i'm thinking somebody got this idea from reading about bill mr wyman which year was this happened with wyman because this is a 1984 film and there was i think it's a tamil film called apurva ragangal i'm hope okay. i pronounced it properly which was made in 1975 so i think k balachandran oh, this is this is much much later i think the bill and mandy they were inspired by the film They were inspired by the film, but I want to end this with a brilliant story, Joy. A man, a Japanese man, who goes by his online moniker S A L Sal nine thousand, met online character called Nene Anegasaki while playing a dating simulation game Love Plus. Now, this is a character. Nene is a character in this popular video game, right? But he married Nene Anegasaki 
and the ceremony was broadcast live on Japan's version of the video sharing website, YouTube. <laughs> now, Sal9002 did not want to reveal his real name for fear of being misunderstood. And I can totally get that. You can be misunderstood. <laughs> he He's admitted that he's an otaku, which is a sort of, which defines a Japanese youth obsessed with video games, computers, and fantasy worlds. And very seriously told Reuters television that in the Japanese otaku culture, there's a tradition of calling characters my wife. And I always thought of Nene as my wife, even though she was a you know online character. And since I was calling her that, I thought we just have to get married. And uh, he said, <laughs> if more people were to find ways of expressing themselves like this, I think it would make society a bit more interesting. So he's become a guru now. I mean, unbelievable. And the newlyweds went on a honeymoon to Guam. And they now apparently go on dates around Tokyo with Sal 9000 taking pictures of Nene, who's installed in his Nintendo in front of famous landmarks. So, Joy, times are changing. You and me, we are old. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is the future. Joy. I think we'll just take it for that. I have nothing. I'm totally speechless after that last story. I've <laughs> So on that speechless note, we shall end our little speech here and go into a very short break. Uh, before we go into the break, remember, as always, write to us at factofthematterindia at gmail.com. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Report, Stitcher, and practically every audio streaming platform you can think about. Write to us, give us your suggestions, answer our quiz questions, be critical, as always. And I can assure you, we will not change ourselves one single bit, but we love to hear from you and keep enjoying Fact of the Matter. So hang in there. We'll be back soon. And welcome back. So, Joy, this week, since it's all about love, in cute words and phrases, Joy, I'm going to kick it off with something I alluded to briefly in one of our stories about courtly love. And I'm going to talk about a phrase which may have derived from the custom of Middle Ages knights jousting matches. Now, knights apparently are said to have worn the colors of sometimes the lady they were supporting in the form of clothes or ribbons tied to their arms, right? And uh, it's also first recorded in Shakespeare's Othello in 1604, where the treacherous Iago's plan was to feign openness and vulnerability in order to appear faithful. You know, and there are lines in Othello where it talks about this, but seeming so for my peculiar end, for when my outward action doth demonstrate the native act and figure of my heart and compliment extern. It's not long after, but I will, and then comes the phrase. And do you know what the phrase is, Joy? Go for it. But I will wear my heart upon my sleeve. So wearing your heart upon your sleeve, that is where it comes from. So that's my phrase in cute words and phrases. Do you have something, Joy? I have something which I've often thought about as a kid and I got to know much, much later when I joined quizzing, you know, my early 20s, I think I was fairly into quizzing by then, which is that I used to always wonder mm -hmm. why tennis matches would start off at love all and then love 15 and love 30 and love 40 and love 60. And I wondered what love had to do with anything. Why would you start with something called love all? And it turns out that it has nothing to do with love. Basically, a love or a nil or a duck is a goose egg. Okay. And the French word for an egg is l'oeuf, oh. from where the English love comes. Oh, so from so love to love. Okay. Love. okay. So love. The other interesting part about it is, do you know how the rest of the scoring works? They used to show the scores by the places on a clock. So that's why it's love is zero. So okay. Love is zero. Okay. 15. Okay. 30. 
okay. and 45 became 40 because 40 was easy to say than 45 so which right. is why the sense goes up to 40 40 and that's the logic i know it has nothing to do with love but i always wondered myself where love all came from <laughs> fantastic only you can bring in sport into a discussion of love <laughs> i'm so so happy that's brilliant so that's cute words and phrases ladies and gentlemen and we move into now the the section where last week joy if you remember there was a resounding victory a come from behind a coming from behind victory where the sheriff terraspols of the world gave a fright to the real madrid of joy bhattacharya and this week let's see where we go so this is bare naked lies ladies and gentlemen where each of us try to fool each other by asking one question the answer to which is true or false and we try and fool the other person by making that person answer it wrongly so this week i'll kick it off joy my question for you is this an american romantic comedy anthology streaming television series called modern love you might have heard about it developed by john carney premiered on amazon prime video in 2019 it's there's a second season which premiered last year you know the premise is basically it explores love in its multitude of forms including sexual romantic familial platonic and self love presented in 8 half hour episodes so modern love this anthology or this web series is based on the new york sentinel column the column of the new york sentinel newspaper of the same name modern love which basically adapts or talks about different love stories taking place in new york city is that true or false i know it's based on newspaper column but i've never heard of the new york sentinel I'll say false. And you're right. I don't know if there is a New York Sentinel, but even if it is, <laughs> I don't think Modern Love is based on that. Modern Love is based yeah, on the New York Times, which is the simpler one, right? The, the... Don't give Jeff Bezos ideas. He might want to buy the New York Times. <laughs> you know, New York Sentinel. Bezos, Amazon, Sunday call. What is this new newspaper I want to buy? Exactly. I want to buy it now. So good answer. Good catch. One nil. And what's your question, Joy? Okay, you know, I talked about, you know, beautiful toilet seat. Well, I'm going to go back to a more conventional romantic symbol. Okay. Now, when Marlon Monroe died, all of America mourned, okay? Mhm. So in 1962 when she died, okay, mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. ex-husband mm-hmm. sent roses three times a week, okay, mm-hmm. to her grave for the next 20 years. So basically, after she was dead, Arthur Miller sent roses three times a week. your grief the next 20 years okay this is where i have my issues with you it might be right but instead of 3 it will be 4 or something like that you keep changing a little bit but i will i understand where you're going joy and i will say it is you called my answer false correctly i will say this is true i'll go with that true false <laughs> the only thing i did change and that was a fair change was the man who was a romantic among them arthur miller was not a romantic romantic at all i should have thought was it jody maggio it was jody maggio not arthur miller it was jody maggio oh my goodness arthur miller was too intellectual to do things like that but yeah you got it right the moment you realize it can't be it's not arthur miller's not that kind of romantic you got the right name exactly so i say it's a half catch yeah i mean no, you almost had it you doesn't matter it's it's a good two nil win it's okay honors are even that's fine the season has just started joy it's okay well done but lovely lovely question 
nonetheless. I mean, Marilyn, Joe DiMaggio, absolutely. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Reminds me of uh, Samuel, Samuel Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Graduate. The graduate, yes, absolutely. And um, that brings us to the end of uh, Bare Naked Lies. 2-0 victory for Joy, bouncing back strongly. And now for the audience question, which we had asked last week. Very simply put, I had asked a question. Firstly, Joy, I hope you're ready with the quiz question for our audience this week. Do you have one? Yes, of course I have one. Perfect. But before that, let me give you the answer. We were speaking about screen villains and we spoke about a man called Yusuf Khan who has played the role of many villainous characters, etc. in Bollywood movies for many years. His real name was Yusuf Khan. He was, I think, very well known for playing the character of Zubisko, amongst other things. But my question was, where, in which country was Yusuf Khan born? And the correct answer, Joy, is, you know, it's, it's Egypt. Egypt. He was born in oh. Egypt. And I'll give you the right answer giver's names, starting with Akash Kamal, Abhishek Basu Malik, Agniva Chakrabarti, Pranay Mishra, Neeraj Dubey, Rajendra Narayan, Saurabh Shukla, Rohit Jadav, Shiv Kumar Jairaman, Manish Achud, Debojyoti Chatterjee, and Angshuman Nandi. So lots of correct answers, but before we enjoy, what is your question of the week in this very special episode where we talk about love? Okay, I want to talk about, we all know about the Beatles and they've written some of the finest love songs in history. And the Beatles Day, there's a global Beatles Day which is celebrated on the 25th of June each year. Of course, 25th of June is special to India for many other reasons, including our World Cup win. Yes. But Global Beatles Day is celebrated that day because one of their songs was performed in front of a live audience of 400 million people in 1967. Okay. And on that song, on that live performance, the number of people who were singing as guests were Mick Jagger, Eric Clapton, Marianne Faithful, Keith Richards, Keith Moon. All of these people were in the audience and singing along in the chorus of the song. Okay. okay? So which song is this, which was performed in front of so many people, 400 million people, and the performance is celebrated as Global Beatles Day. The performance of which song is celebrated? So which song? I mean, I talked about love songs. Joy talked about Beatles. And what a lovely way to end this very, very special episode on love. Of course, we don't date our episodes, but this means that love is around the corner, which means that Valentine's Day is around the corner. So go out there, scoop up, you know, big, heavy dollops of love and spread it around. That's all we can say. And uh, have a great time. Keep writing to us. Write, uh, send us the answers to this question and go through all our episodes, like we said. And you can also visit our website, by the way, at anchor.fm backslash fact of the matter. Send us your feedback, your reviews. And otherwise, just go and share a lot of love spread around. Love is truly in the air. Bye for now from both Joy and me. Take care.